0: Will you please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, and we'll be in Hebrews 11 for our sermon series, but turn with me now to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, because the capstone of Hebrews 11, the conclusion to the great cloud of witnesses in chapter 11, is the first two verses of Hebrews 12. Let me read the first two verses from Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the Christian journey. We have a history of saints, saints from the Old Testament, saints from the New Testament, saints from long ago, and saints, Christians, believers, people who loved and followed God, who have gone home to be with the Lord recently. People who died last year and even people who will die this year. And their funerals are days when their faith is discussed. What was their faith? What did their faith lead them to do? What did their faith sustain for them in life? How can we remember them well? And once we have examined their faith, our hearts and minds must go to one single place— Once we have remembered a loved one who has gone home to be with the Lord, or once we have remembered an Old Testament saint, our hearts and minds must go to one place. Not the deceased saint, not a religious leader, and certainly not ourselves. But our hearts and minds must go to Jesus. And so the great cloud of witnesses, which we'll be looking at in Hebrews chapter 11, is a gift for us to get us to look to Jesus Christ every day. Our series is called The Great Cloud of Witnesses, and we're going to study Hebrews 11. We're going to see the faith of Old Testament saints and what their faith produced in their lives. And each Sunday, we'll get to Jesus because our hearts and minds must go to Him. Well, let me pray now, and then we'll jo- jump into The Great Cloud of Witnesses. Heavenly Father, you have gathered your children for worship, and so we are here by your good pleasure. We are here this morning worshiping you through song because you have given us the gift of life and the gift of voice. We are here this morning, and you have heard our prayers because you have given us the gift of prayer. And by Jesus Christ, you have given us access to your throne room to talk to you. And you have already heard us. And you are already answering our prayers. We're here this morning to hear from your word and your words. And so, Father, allow every word that comes out of my mouth to be your perfect words for our hearts. You promise to nourish us as we read and hear the preaching of the word. And so help us receive this message with joy and gladness. Thank you, Lord, that even though we can't build the house or make any progress on our own strength, you promise that your kingdom would come here today as it is in heaven. So have your way with our hearts and be glorified in our midst as we receive your word. In Christ's name, we thank you and pray. Amen. Now, our sermon text this morning, Hebrews 11, just verse 4. Hebrews 11, verse 4. This is the good and glorious word of our Lord. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God Commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel, the first saint mentioned in the hall of faith, the first witness in the cloud of witnesses. The account of Abel actually is all the way back in Genesis chapter 4. In fact, as we're going through Hebrews 11, we're going to really need to turn back to the passage that the author of Hebrews is referencing. So will you briefly turn with me to Genesis chapter 4? If you have a Bible with you. If you don't have a Bible with you, we have giveaway Bibles in the foyer. Please take one or ask me. I would love to get a Bible into your hands. And if you want to give one away to a friend, we want to equip you to do that. In Genesis chapter 4, we learn of Abel. Let me give you a few comments before we get to Abel. The Bible had a really good beginning. I mean, it was really good. Everything was good. God made something, and it was good. Another thing, it was good. Another thing, it was good. And then God makes male and female. He created us, and he says... It's very good. So everything is good, 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 very good. And so Adam and Eve are living on the earth in a sinless world. Friends, you have never had a day like Adam and Eve had. A day without the effects of sin on your body. A day without sin in this world. No crying, no shame, no fear. You've never had a day like that. However, if you are in Christ, you will have days like that, millions of them in the age to come, the new heavens and the new earth. This earth remade, our bodies remade, all the sin gone and one day forgotten, millions of days like that, amen? Amen. Looking forward to that. I like to think that Adam and Eve had a good go of it. Some people think by, because of the sinfulness of humankind, maybe they went about seven hours <laughs> before the first sin. I like to think they had some months or maybe even years. We are not told how long the very good sinless world lasted. And in that world, there was one rule. Don't eat from that one tree. Just don't eat from that one tree. One rule. Everything else was yes. Can I eat that? Yes. Can I drink that? Yes. Can I climb that? Yes. Can I hold that? Yes. Can I grow those? Yes. Can I love that woman? Yes. Can I take a nap? Yes. Can I take another nap? Yes. Can I sit still and watch the sun rise? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Only one no. Don't eat from that one tree. But guess what we did? The story isn't all good. In the Bible, there are 1,189 chapters, and we make it through two of them before we mess things up. Chapter 1 and 2. We mess it up in chapter 3. That's when things get very bad. Our first parents, who we all come from, sinned. And then to show the effects of how bad things got, we get to the story of Cain and Abel, the first two sons. Chapter 4 tells us of the first cold-blooded murder. Chapter 4 is the first crime scene in human history. Consider this. As we think about Abel's testimony, the story of Cain and Abel is the story of the first son ever killing the first baby brother ever. I have an older brother. How many of you are the younger sibling or a younger sibling? Let's all commiserate with one another. All the misery that we faced, right? Well, growing up, we fought quite a bit. He was six and a half years older than me and taller than me even to this day. So I was the short little kid growing up in my home. And I have some stories about being the baby brother that you will never hear. I was regularly treated like the baby brother. He used to say from his bed in high school, I was, you know, late elementary school, he'd be doing his homework. He'd say, Dave, come here. How fast can you go downstairs and get me a glass of water and bring it out up to me? I'll start counting. one. So I'd run down the stairs, whip around the banister, almost broke the thing off every time. My parents say, stop running. I got to get Jim a cup of water. i get a cup of water, run back up. He just made up a number. 22. Good job, buddy. I was an unpaid slave. <laughs> That's how I was treated. But as far as I can remember, I was never murdered out in a field. I felt like it sometimes. I love my brother. We get along very well. But Abel, the first baby brother, was murdered. He's remembered for two things. Isn't it interesting? The story we're about to read from Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, the first murder. Uh, the author of Hebrews is going to remember something about Abel from this passage, and it's very important that we watch what happens. So Genesis 4 now, verses 1 through 8. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Here's our man. Here's our saint that we're looking at. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And now verse 8, Cain spoke to Abel his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So that's the story. Abel offers a sacrifice. Cain offers a sacrifice. And because of how things go down, Cain kills his little brother. Abel is remembered for two things. First, he was murdered. But second, he's remembered for his faith. In all of the New Testament, Abel is mentioned four times. Twice in the Gospels, speaking of the ongoing continuous judgment God has against his people when they sin, and then once later in Hebrews chapter 12, which I'm going to end our message with this morning. But the only time Abel is mentioned where his actions are mentioned is right here in Hebrews 11 verse 4, other than in Genesis 4 when the story happens. So, we're looking at the faith of Abel. What did the faith Abel had in God produce in his life? So, look back now at Hebrews 11, verse 4. We're going to walk through it piece by piece. Verse 4, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. So first, by faith. We're going to repeat that line every Sunday. We've named the sermons, By Faith Abel. And next week, By Faith Enoch. And by faith, by faith, by faith. This line is really important when we remember the faith of those who have gone before us. When we remember the works of those who have gone before us. Abel did what he did by faith, not by works. Abel did something by faith. And the works that he did, the offering he gave to God, the faithful, humble service he offered to the Lord was by faith. And he is commended for his faith. And it's really important because how often do we like to praise good works? All the time. Good job. You got an A. High five. Well done. You get a raise. You get a promotion. Hey, I'm considering you for this job. Hey, I saw you do this. Good job. Good job. Good job. We praise the works all the time in sports, in academia, in school, in the workplace. So we're used to that. Our praise muscles are tuned to praise works. But the author of Hebrews makes sure to locate the praise for Abel on the faith he had and not the works he did. So that's that first three words, by faith Abel. Let's keep moving. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. So he offered a more acceptable sacrifice. Let's think about that for a little bit. Cain had offered fruit from the ground, And Abel offered the firstborn of his animals. So Cain offered a, a, a produce, a harvest offering to God, which was good and fine. And Abel offered an animal sacrifice, an animal offering. Both are fine, although I don't want any of your animals. Please don't try and give any of my kids any more pets. We have received multiple pets from people, and uh, we return them as soon as possible. Although one fish has still survived. His name is Bruno, and we don't talk about him (laughs) because someone gave him to us. Uh, Yeah, Cain offers fruit, the produce. Lord, you gave me this to do, and I'm giving you from what you gave me to do. Sounds fine, right? And Abel, I have animals. I'm giving you, Lord, what you gave me to do, the first fruits of that. I'm giving you an animal for sacrifice. Both are fine. Both types of offerings are actually commanded later in the old covenant law of Moses. So why does God accept Abel's and not Cain's if both of the offerings are fine? Well, Genesis does not tell us. Genesis tells us that Cain was clearly dealing with sin in his heart. It's crouching at the door trying to destroy you, Cain, and no condemnation of Abel's faith is in Genesis. So Cain's dealing with sin, and Abel is making an offering through faith. Genesis doesn't tell us the difference, but Hebrews 11 does. The difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice was not what they gave to the Lord. They were giving what they had to the Lord. The difference— was the faith. The difference was the faith. And this is really important for us because you're in a church. And some people say, I go to church and I did what I was supposed to do, checking off my religious checklist and you're here to check it off your list or you've been tempted to, I guess I'll just go to church and maybe God will be good to me. I'm gonna check that off the list. But most of you, maybe all of you are here because of faith. Because God gathers his people on the Lord's day and he nourishes us through the whole worship service and the fellowship with the saints. Some of you are doing religious things out of duty or obligation and some of you are doing them out of faith and that is the big difference. Because when we do them out of duty or obligation or thinking we can earn our own standing before God, we're sinning when we do that. When we're doing it out of humble faith, grateful to receive gifts from God and give them back to him, that is the difference between Cain and Abel. And that is the difference between Christianity and the other religions. Christians do what we do out of faith because God has made us right with him, not to make ourselves right with God. So the difference between Cain and Abel's sacrifice is the faith, which is why the author of Hebrews says, By faith, Abel made this offering, not by works or not by obedience. Abel's offering is also an animal sacrifice, which points our hearts and minds to the sacrificial system. It seems like Cain had sin crouching at his door and wasn't going to deal with that sin. But Abel knew that his sins were covered. He had already offered an animal sacrifice to God. Earlier in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews echoes this theme. Hebrews 9.22, just one verse. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so Abel's... Sacrifice to God, which was produced by His faith, starts our minds on the long trail of thinking about how our sins need to be covered by blood, pointing to Jesus Christ, the final sacrifice, who with His perfect blood paid for our sins so that, by faith, we could humbly offer our lives to God this week. So the author of Hebrews is making the connection. Abel's sacrifice was an animal sacrifice. Blood sacrifices point to the forgiveness of sins. Abel made his offering by faith. Every other religion does it by works. Think about the religions of our day. Some say you have to do this to please God. God. And if you don't do this, 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 you cannot be right with God. You must do this, 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 this to be right with God. Jesus can't make you right with God. You have to make you right with God. Some people teach that. Some people teach that in churches across the country. There's also the do this and eventually you'll make it through reincarnation and you will get to nirvana. If you're good enough, if you're good enough, if you're good enough, then each cycle you'll eventually make it to nirvana. Islam says do this to honor Allah and hope that Allah will deem you righteous enough to be brought into paradise. Or in our social world today, many people say you have to do this to be a good American citizen. You have to show your virtue to the world. You have to signal to the world how virtuous you are. Put an emblem on social media. Put a logo on your jersey. Put a logo on the end zone in the fields. Tell everyone how virtuous you are, and that is how you earn your standing as a right person. Or the expressive individualism, the dominant religion of our country right now, where you are God. Well, how do you obey that God? You need to be true to yourself. All of those religions center on you being the right kind of person to earn favor with the God of the system. But in Christianity, God sends his son to die in our place to make us right with him. So place your faith in Christ alone. And then out of that, the works, the good works, the offerings of our lives follow. Abel didn't offer a sacrifice and then God commended him and made him right with him. No, no, no. Abel had faith in God. And so he is forever remembered for his wonderful offering that was produced by his faith. And that's how you and I will be remembered. What did our faith produce? Think about this. It's 2023. How are you going to be remembered one day? You're going to be remembered by what your faith and whatever religion you believe in produces in our lives. How will your faith be remembered? For some of you, your faith will be seen in generous offerings to Christian churches and ministries, to support ministries that are making fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And your faith will be seen in that work of making a generous offering to God like Abel did. For some of you, your faith will be seen in suffering well as we plan your funeral. Some of you will be called maybe even this year to suffer well. Well, and we will say at your funeral, by faith, they took their final breath and received it as a glorious gift from God. And we will tell your story. For some of you, your faith will be seen in humble, behind the scenes service, like our deacons here, our deacon team. Pray for them and thank the Lord for them because they do so many great and wonderful things behind the scenes and rarely do we announce them from up here to put them on a pedestal and praise. They don't want that humble, behind-the-scenes service. Some of you will serve in children's ministry, and again, behind-the-scenes, although the kids will love you, and the kids will laugh at all your lame jokes. Some of them will, at least. So your faith will be seen in humble offering to serve and make disciples of our children. Here's another one that's interesting. Some of you will be walking faithfully with the Lord, serving the Lord, obeying the Lord, and trying your best every day to honor him with all you do. And other people will see that, and they will judge you. Or they'll get mad at you. Oh, you must think you're perfect. Oh, you must think you're better than us, right? Some of you will, trying to just be faithful With the Lord receiving your offering as a humble act of faith will be seen by others, maybe even Christians, and they will get angry at you. In fact, that's not a hypothetical. Cain killed Abel because of that. Abel, by faith, humbly offered to God. Cain was jealous of how Abel's offering was received and Cain killed him. For some of you, your faith will be seen in constant evangelism of your neighbor or relative. Your faith is going to produce works, and we are going to tell your story. Think about it. We're talking about Abel today. It's 2023. What world-changing, amazing thing is Abel known for? There was a guy named Abel. Why are we talking about him today? He offered an animal to God in obedience to the Lord. That's all he did. He didn't change the world, but his humble offering, doing what God commanded him to do, is remembered thousands of years later. He just had faith, and now he's famous. Let's go back to verse 4 again. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. So we've talked about that. Now the third line. Through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. So what we have here is the pure gospel in the Old Testament. Abel is called, what does it say? Commended as, not good job buddy, but commended as righteous. It says that, God says Abel was right with God. It meant his sins were covered. It meant that Abel knew he had a redeemer. And the proof of this is that second line, God commending him by accepting his gifts. His gifts, his offering didn't make him righteous, but when God accepted his gifts, it lets the reader know that Abel was right with God by faith. And so every act, every obedient act by faith is commended by God. Every time you pray, God says, well done, daughter. Well done, son. Every time you evangelize, God says, well done. Good try. Thank you for being faithful. Every time you open God's word and spend time with him, he is pleased with you. He sings over you. Every humble act of faith is praised by the Lord, not because of the works, but because Jesus Christ has paid for your sins, made you holy. You are righteous in God's eyes by Faith, not works. And so all the little things you do, God sings over you and praises you for it. And it's beautiful. Just like a parent, every time a little child does one thing right, well done, well done. So God accepted Abel's offering, which lets the reader know that God had already accepted Abel because of his faith not his works, because Cain and Abel both did works. Only one did it by faith. And so, what led to that, that humble act of service Abel did? If you're thinking, well, what's the application today? I'm going to go home and I'm going to take a sheep and offer it to the Lord. That's not the sermon application. What was commended, look at verse 4, the beginning again, by faith Abel offered to God. It's faith. Do you have faith? Is Christianity about faith for you? What are you trusting in? Are you right with God? Are you right with God? When I said, Are you right with God? What is the first thing you thought of? Did you think of your behavior or did you think of your faith? Let me say it again Are you right with God? It's the first thing you thought of, your behavior lately or your faith. It's your faith, the gift that we receive that makes you right with God, not your behavior over the last 48 hours. So don't tell me about your works. Tell me about your faith. Don't tell me how much money you gave. Tell me about your prayer life. Your faith expressed to God through prayer. Don't tell me how successful you've been. I want to hear how amazing you think Jesus is. Faith leads to the works. We are saved by faith, and so was Abel. That's what Abel did by faith. Faith offers sacrifices to God. All right, last line of verse 4. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing? Through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. You know this in life, don't you? You've seen this, haven't you? Here we'll end with the very important question. What will be said of you at your funeral? What was said of Abel? By faith, he offered an offering to the Lord. What will be said of us at our funerals? Some people joke about death because it's so uncomfortable. But the truth is, we will all die unless the Lord returns while we still have breath. And please, Lord, may that be all of us. But that might not be the case. From 2008 through 2020, I had only done 17 funerals as a pastor. 13 years, 17 funerals. In just the past two years, I've done nine. We all die. And when the deceased was a Christian, and everybody knew it. Those days, those funerals, we spoke of the person's faith and the kind of life that that faith produced. We told of their works, for sure. We told all about their works, but we spoke of their faith and what their faith led them to do and who their faith led them to be. And that's Hebrews 11. That's what we're talking about. That's Abel. His faith left a legacy. What did he do? He obeyed God in a simple offering, and we're talking about him thousands of years later, maybe 6,000 years later, maybe longer. We don't have an exact date. Think about this. If you die this year and people are talking about you in the year 8,023 because you humbly offered what God gave you back to him, That's what's going on in the life of Abel. Nothing special, nothing world changing. A man or woman saved by grace who just humbly loves the Lord and serves the Lord with whatever story, whatever resources God has given them. If we're talking about you in the year 8,023, that is what we're doing with Abel, 6,000 years ago. So, what kind of legacy are we going to leave? What kind of legacy do we usually try to leave? What kind of legacy are all the commercials at the beginning of the new year advertising for you to leave? (gasps) New Year's resolutions. Make those goals for the year. Many of us want to leave a legacy of good looks. We want to be known for our good looks. Or our money. Or our accomplishments. Or our trophies. Uh, Let me ask you a hard question. Uh, I won't ask you to name them, but... If you made a goal or a New Year's resolution this year, raise your hand. Okay, not many. Not an ambitious crowd today, right? Okay, maybe you have a hope or a prayer for the year? There, that's, there you go. All the hands went up. You have a hope or a prayer for the year. Uh, How many of those goals that you have for yourself are going to lead you to become the kind of person who is remembered for their faith? Have you made any goals this year that will make sure you grow into the kind of person that will be remembered, not for your works, but your faith? Or how many of those goals are about far lesser goals than a life of humble faith and service to our Lord? Did you commit to read the Bible in a year? Did you get to Genesis 4 yet? The story of Abel? Have you made it that far? I'm still in Genesis. It's okay. Did you download a new app for your phone to help you spend more time with God, and did you open it yet? Let me ask this question. You know what faith does? Faith prays more than it worries. So, have you prayed more or worried more this year? How about every time you have a worry, say, all right, Lord, I'm going to pray about it. And then you'll be a person of faith who prays when they worry, because the worries are everywhere. Well, well, there's grace for all of us. God gave you this message. We're going through Hebrews 11 to remember what the Old Testament saints were remembered for. They were remembered for their faith. So there's so much grace and mercy and forgiveness for us as we seek to love and obey Jesus this year. So with Abel in mind, by faith Abel, he offered what God had given him to do back to the Lord. With Abel in mind, let's see the Next time, the author of Hebrews mentions Abel. Because the author of Hebrews mentions Abel one more time. It's in Hebrews 12. You don't have to flip there. You're close there if you're in your Bible. Let me read verses 22 through 24 of Hebrews 12. Speaking of us in the new covenant, in our actions of worship. Hebrews twelve twenty-two. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of a living God. And his brother got mad at him about it, and he was killed. So would Abel's humble faith, even though he was killed for it, be vindicated by the Lord? Would there be justice for Abel? Well, was his faith worth it? Yes, it was. Not because of him, but because of Christ. The blood of Abel cried out for justice, the first murder, and the perfect blood of Jesus Christ answered. Abel's sins were forgiven, not by his own obedient offering, but by Christ's own obedient offering for all who have sinned and who have trusted in him. Abel was commended for his faith, and we will be too. Not when we offer the right sacrifice, but when we look to the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. And then from that faith, whether it's just calling someone to encourage them this week, or whether it's giving a little bit of what God gave back to you, or whether it's just evangelizing one time this week, sharing the good news with a friend, or whether it's the next time you worry saying, by faith, I'm going to pray instead of worry. Those little acts of faith, they're worth it because of what Jesus Christ has done. From that faith, we offer sacrifices like Abel. We'll humbly obey God. We'll humbly follow Jesus and then at our funeral, we'll be remembered, not primarily for our works, although we'll talk about your works, but we'll be remembered because your funeral will point other people to Jesus Christ who gave his life so that sin, Satan, and death would be conquered for us. And if I die before you, I want my funeral to be about Jesus Christ. Okay? The main character in my funeral Better be Jesus Christ, or I'm going to talk to you in the new heavens and the new earth. (laughs) And if you die first, and I have the privilege of being there to speak at your funeral, I will make sure that, like verse 4 says, through his or her faith, though they died, they still speak. That's a legacy of faith to seek this year. Made possible by Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice who was accepted by God and applied to us and rose again from the dead to give us the motivation, hope, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and ability to by faith offer our lives to God this week. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus because great is his faithfulness to us. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for Abel, for his life, his faith, and his testimony. Thank you that you had him ten sheep, and so he faithfully gave one to you. And he's remembered for it, not because how great the sheep was, but because his faith was in his Redeemer, you. So, Lord, help us trust in no other gods, in no other righteousness, but what you provided for us through your Son and our Savior, Jesus. And, Lord, this week, help us not try to earn your favor with our good works, but help us graciously receive from you that faith, and then, Lord, produce in our lives good works for our good, the good of our neighbors, the good of our families and friends and strangers and for your glory. Help us be remembered for our faith in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.